Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I want to say this. Um, we are in the middle of a prayer and fast right now. And so we started on the 2nd. We're going until the 22nd. So it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you can follow on Facebook um, what we're praying for. We'll send it out in an email every uh, week to kind of just what, what we're praying for. And if you notice, the first thing that we started praying for this year and the new year is relationships. And uh, uh, just out of curiosity, how many of you have a relationship with somebody? It can be a, even a friend. Anybody? If you don't raise your hand, you're a liar. All right, so, <laughs> liar, liar, liar. All right, so, that was my way of seeing if you're with me. All right, and so here's the deal. Um, one of the most important things to my wife and I is relationships, and so this next month we have this series, we're going to be talking about relationships, um, but that was the first thing we wanted to start praying for in this new year, was relationships, because they are vital. In fact, I would be willing to even go as far as to say the entire purpose of the church is relationship. Okay, it starts with Jesus loving us. You know, April talked about it during communion. Talks about us loving him. And then it's relationships. We need people in our life, okay? And, and I think sometimes, we're, well, I've got, you know, 1,200 friends on Instagram or whatever. Um, no, you don't. You have 1,200 people that you know or you have, you know, some kind of thing with, but you don't really know them. And so I want to unpack these relationships. And there's some that are more important than others. And so we're going to look at that these next four weeks. And so I just want to ask, during prayer and fasting, during this time, you can pray, you can fast different ways. There's a Daniel fast that you can read about. Daniel fasted, and, and he ate very natural things. He didn't eat anything from the vine. He didn't drink during that time. He took 21, well, not 21 days, but his fast was very much like a eating naturally, eating clean, what was what we'd call it today. You can do juice fasting. You can take a couple days out of that 21 and fast. You, you know, you can do a water fast. You can do, you know, you could be like, it, what I want it to be is you're sacrificing something for God. could be Netflix. It could be, uh, you know, like my kids want to sacrifice homework. Um, <laughs> that's not a sacrifice, okay? And, uh, uh, or a sacrifice going to school. It's something that, it actually hurts a little bit giving up. A, a friend of mine in the church, you know, gave up White Castle two years ago. That was a big deal to him, all right? That's, that's a big deal, man. <laughs> and so, um, Whatever it is that you can give as an offering to God and say, hey, here's what I'm doing for you. And then don't go on social media and say, here's what I'm doing in my fast. Um, you know, that's between you and God, what you're doing. That's why I'm not here going, well, this is how I'm fasting, how I think you should fast. We're all going to fast differently during that time. And so take time just to focus on him. And what I'm asking you to do is we all got problems, right? We all got issues in our life. Uh, if you don't have an issue, that's your issue. We, we all have issues. And so what I'm asking you to do is during this time is pray as a church for the church for those things. At least take a peek at what those are. We'll send it out. Uh, Bethany and House has been doing that and done a fan- fantastic job with that of what to pray for and how we're going to be praying during this time. And so um, this morning, what I'd like to do is I just want to pray, and then I've got a short video, and then we're going we're gonna to hit it pretty hard the next couple weeks. And uh, I'm excited. This is going to be probably one of the most in-your-face offensive messages I've ever preached. 
you're excited now. <laughs> just wait. All right. So let's pray. God, we just pray right now for the relationships in our community, for the businesses in our community. God, I pray for every single person here that you would get a hold of their hearts this morning and just speak to them. Whatever it is that your Holy Spirit knows that their heart needs to hear, I pray that their ears would be attentive, their spirit would be willing, Lord, and that you would speak to them. God, that you would just convict and you would love us during this time. We pray for relationships. We pray for marriages. We pray for families. We pray for um, even the community members, all relationships, those that have friends, those that are lonely, everybody that needs you right now, Lord. We just want to pray for them. And we just ask, God, that you have your way in our service the remainder of our time this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. We all said together, amen. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it. Like literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most. Is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail out... See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like... There's this achy... I don't know what it is. (laughs) And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Come on. If you would just... Don't... Yeah. How many can relate to that? Anybody in the house this morning? Oh my gosh, I was laughing so hard, I was going to cry up here. I love that video. The first time I saw it a couple weeks ago, I was laughing so hard. Um, my, my wife is here. Um, Heather, would you just wave? Uh, if you don't know, this is my wife, Heather. Um, her and I, we have been married 19 and a half years. And... Uh, Give it up for that. Come on. You've been married 19 and a half years. You know why I'm asking for a little applause. And uh, what? Wait a second. And uh, I just want you to know that uh, it started when we were in high school. We're high school sweethearts. And uh, um, we met each other. And in high school, I actually liked one of her friends. And uh, I started talking to her about one of her friends. And and then we ended up uh, dating for a while. Um, And then she dumped me. And uh, um, because I wasn't a Christian, and, and uh, uh, that was awful. And uh, for about six months, really liked her, and she wanted nothing to do with me. And then it switched. She really prayed, and God really said, hey, I believe this is the, the man for you. And I told her, I said, you're going to prom by yourself this year, honey, because I'm only going to prom with somebody that has a chance of marrying this guy. I did. This is true. This is all true. And uh, um, after that, um, God spoke to me. And I wasn't even a Christian yet. Became a Christian. And so we started dating. And we dated three years together um, from the age of 16 to 19 or 17 to 19. 17 to 19. And, uh, 
at that time, um, I decided, hey, I want to propose to my wife. And how many of you, I'm just curious, how many guys here or gals have you proposed and, and uh, you get this idea in your head and you're like, I have this fantastic proposal and I think it's just going to go great and you have it all planned out and, and you get ready to go and, and ask and, and it just doesn't go the way you're really thinking. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, so like I was thinking like hot air balloons or, you know, name behind one of those planes like you know, make the, you know, the smoke up in the air. Will you marry? Like I wanted to go all out or skydiving or something. And I was a poor college kid, so I'm going, I don't know what to do. And so I was up at an internship. I came home during the summer and uh, it, was, it, it was like, okay, well, I got I to gotta ask her. So what do I do? And so um, I decided, I came up with a genius plan that was going to be so romantic. And I decided I'm going to take her and we're going to go down the river together on a nice little tube. It's going to be so nice. It's wonderful. Fairies dancing, rainbows, everything. And, and then after that, I'm going to take her to a nice picnic and I'm going to grill her up some nice shrimp on the barbie and then steak. And then I'm going I'm to take out the ring that is disguised in my pocket and kneel and on one knee because I don't want to look desperate and then ask her for her hand in marriage as I wash her feet and say I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. Well 10% of it went okay and uh, so we take her and we go down the Apple River together because the Apple River is known for its romanticism, correct? Am I? So we get into the Apple River and it's just us and 300 drunk people and we get on our tube and we start heading down it's like 95 degrees the sun is blaring and I she didn't know where we were going and she's the one that always preps everything and is the planner and I'm just like it'll be okay whatever and we're like fried to a crisp and and we're going down the river and and we get up to the the rapids part there at the apple river and she really doesn't want to do the the rapids part and so we get out and and I said well let's let's go to the next fun part and we're just we're burnt and so we go we stop at her parents home her home at the time and we walk in and we change and I'm excited now truth be told, I thought asking my, my father-in-law who attends our church here was going to be the hardest thing of this. And that was easy. I just sat down with, with my father-in-law and I said, you know, I'd like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And I was so scared. And he just said, yeah. I was like, well, that's easy. Asking your, fiance, your girlfriend to marry you was a whole other thing, man. And so uh, we get done from the Apple River. We get past the house, and then I brought her to this fantastic picnic area. It's one of the most romantic areas in all of Minnesota, Bunker Hills. And uh, <laughs> we get in there, you know, got to pay for parking because we don't have a sticker in the window, you know, because I'm a poor college kid, so I'm, you know, scraping together quarters. And uh, we get in there, and, and we get to a pavilion, and I'm trying to find a pavilion in Bunker Hills, you know, on, you know, June, I think it was June 29th, and, uh, you know, June 29th, Bunker Hills is packed. And so finally I find this pavilion and I go and, and I know that you guys can relate to this. You get the fire going with the charcoal and it just goes right away every time for you. <clears throat> so it takes a while to do that. And then I've got this honker of a case with the ring in it. And I'm going, I don't want to lose the ring in my shorts, but I don't want her to see it. And so I'm thinking, I'm just going to disguise it somehow. And so I like kind of put it in my pocket and I kind of put it back here. It looked bigger than this mic pack, okay? Like it, it looked... Like I had some kind of weird growth coming out of my leg. And, and I get there and she knows what's up already. And, and like up to this point, it's just been like not what I was imagining. 
But then I knelt down on one knee, and I had a wash basin with, and I washed her feet, and I said, will you let me serve you the rest of your life? And she said, yeah. And she married me, and I gave her the ring that she had no clue was there. And, uh, and we've been married 19 and a half years since then. My wife and I, we desire more than anything else for this community as of late, and, and more my wife since we started the church, for marriages to be restored and for there to be healthy marriages in our community. Don't raise your hand for this, but how many know somebody that doesn't have a healthy marriage within your community or somebody that you know, somebody you're close with, probably every single one of us? Now, truth be told, my wife and I disagree on just about everything. Okay, Any, anyone relate? Like, we did, sometimes it's financial, okay? I'm the spender, she's the saver, all right? Sometimes it's, it's intimacy things, you know? Sometimes there's, there's things that I'd like to do that she doesn't want to do or vice versa. Told you it's going to get punchy in here today, okay? Sometimes it's where to eat at. <clears throat> and it goes like this. Heather, where would you like to eat? I don't care, honey, wherever you'd like to eat great. I would like to go to White Castle. Mm, I really don't want White Castle. You should know that I don't like White Castle. I don't want White Castle. When have I ever wanted White Castle? Today? <laughs> you know, and it's like, we go back and forth. And it's like, and she's like, you just make a decision. No, you just make a decision. And we, and we go back and forth and we banter back and forth. And we always end up at where we normally go anyway, Taco Bell. So it, it is what it is. Okay? But we've learned commitment during these times. And I'll tell you what, we fight a lot, all right? Oh, I really want to say something, but it's so offensive, so I won't. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say there's a particular time when we fight, usually more than other times. But I won't say that from the pulpit, because that's offensive. How many think guys get their period to? I see a lot of female hands right now. Okay. How many guys think, no, we don't? Come on. It's just our testosterone raging. Come on. That's right. Now, if you're here today, you're breathing, you're still sucking wind, you are the product of a couple getting together and, you know. You know? Okay? All right? If you're here, somebody had to make you here. Okay? Had to happen. Had to be. So every one of us has had a parent or some kind of parent, whether you're adopted or not. You know, I, I don't know of any test tube babies in our church. I know there's a few people, though, that have different situations, but every single one of us has come from someone else. Every single one. Some of us within this room are pregnant. Some of us have recently had babies. It, it all happens. It's all because of relationships. It's all because of the intimacy. It's all because of the things we crave. And so every person in here right now now is the product of a couple. So whether you're here today, you're single, going on oh, another marriage talk, yeah, you're going to have to get ready for it for two weeks because it's very important to me in this next couple weeks. You're going to have to buckle up and hold on. We'll talk about the single thing in a little bit. If you're dating, you know, a lot of people go, what does the Bible have to say about dating? If you're engaged, if you're divorced, if you have a mixed marriage, if you're newly married, here's my desire for all of the different situations and any that I missed. I hope that you find, and we learn the next couple weeks, what a godly relationship looks like. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? Come on. Today and next week, this is what I want to give you. Today and next week, I am going to focus on marriage. Okay? 
We have to focus on this as a church because if we don't, we're going to learn it from our culture and, how, and, and our politicians. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of our politicians and I'm tired of our culture telling us what we're supposed to look like. I want to go back to the Bible. And if you're not clapping right now, you're wrong. All right, so today, next week, healthy prescription, what the doctor ordered for marriage. Okay, we're going to talk about family, we're talking about dating, all that as well. But I really want to talk about this. And so, this isn't going to be like my most motivational message. You're not going to go out of here and go, Oh, yes, this was awesome! You're going to go, Dude, I'm a little convicted about this today. Or you might get mad at me, and that's okay. Alright, take it up with the Lord. Alright? Um, but I want to give you ten principles. I'm going to give you half today and half next week most likely. Because there's no way I'm going to get through all of this this morning. There was a study done, don't stay with me, okay, because we talk about studies and we all look, good night. There's a study done by NCBI, that's the National Center for Biotechnology Information. Crazy that they did this, but they went an extensive, it's like a 30-year test that they did or study on why people get divorced. And it's on marriage, it's on divorce, and based on their study, they took the top 10 reasons why people get divorced. And so I kind of taken their study, taken the Bible and looking at the top 10 reasons of how to, or top 10 ways to stay married. You ready for it? You good? All right, so I'm going to give you, we're going to count it down, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1, from today and the next week. And so I want to give you, we're going to start at 10. Now, these, you, you can get mad at me with all of these if you want. You can get angry, you can send me hate mail and hate texts and, you know, you, you can cyber bully me, uh, whatever you want. But here's the deal. This is based off information from the Bible and information from science that proves what the Bible says. I want you to see that, okay? Like, well, I don't know a science in the Bible. The more you look at science and the more you look at the Bible, the more it continues to match up. It's incredible. I encourage you to look at science. It's awesome. So everybody say number 10. All right. Have the same belief system. Oh, crap. Now, let, let me say this. One of the top 10 reasons people get divorced is they have two different belief systems. Now, before you walk out, okay, and get angry, here, I want you to hear me because some of you right now, as soon as you saw that, this is what happened. You went, well, I'm screwed. I, I'm, I'm married to a non-believer. But what do I do? What do I do? Some of you are going, well, I'm not even married to the person I'm living with yet. Get married. If you're committed to them, Man up or woman up. Okay? Time to step up. In this study, it often shows that interfaith marriages fail. Can't do it. Why? Because the foundation of your belief. If Heather and I, you know, White Castle's one thing, all right? But if our foundation in marriage was completely different in our faith, how would we know in what motivates our decision? How would we know what motivates our morality? How would we know what motivates our character? She would have a different foundation than I would have. When you have that, it makes it very tough. Now I know some of you within our church are in that. And I have hope for you this morning. But I want you to know, this is the number 10 reason people get divorced. So the number 10 reason to stay married is have the same belief system. In fact, I will not marry two people that have a different belief system usually. I, during premarital, I'll say, are you guys both Christians? Where are you at? Because I need to make sure that you're both at the same place. If you're not, it's going to be really, really tough. 
This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? That's a pretty tough verse. But what Paul was talking about here is he's going, you can't. It, you literally can't. It's like mixing oil and water. It doesn't work because what's happening is you're going, well, I think this because the Bible says that. And the other person goes, I don't care what the Bible says. And so you can't, it, it just, it doesn't work, okay? It just, it, it's hard. Now, if you are there, there's hope. In fact, um, you know, there, just a word to those in this position, when you find yourself in a different belief system, God calls you to remain faithful. He calls you to do two things. One, he calls you to hope in him. Okay? Hope in him. If you hope in the spouse changing, you're going to get frustrated. You have to hope in him. Your spouse will let you down. Hope in him. Okay? Hope in Christ. The second is this. And you're, I know you're already doing this. You've got to keep praying for your spouse. You keep praying for him. There's some great material on this. Probably the best that I know is by Stormy O'Martian and her husband. It's called Power of a Praying Wife. Power of a Praying Husband by, by her husband. I don't remember his name. And, and she wrote this because of that situation. And it's incredible. It's a devotional that you can utilize so that you don't give up growing weary and waiting for it to happen. Okay? If you're going, I need more information on this because this has been tough on me, I want you to talk to me or Pastor Derek sometime because this is a tough issue. This is the number 10 reason why people say, I'm done, I'm splitting it. Everybody say number 9. <laughs> Having family support. <gasps> Uh-oh. Having family support. Super important. In fact, uh, this network, the NCBI, they did a 26-year study on 373 various couples, the risk of divorce, ready for this, this is crazy, went down by 20% if the man had relationship with the in-laws. Went down by 20%. Okay? On the flip side, this is kind of funny, the wife having a close relationship with her husband's family actually increased the risk of divorce. I'll let you interpret why. I'm going to stay out of that one. But when the man has a relationship with the wife's family, the chance of staying together increases. As a man, what does it do? It builds trust. It says, you know what, honey? I love you so much. I'm willing to go hang out with your in-laws. I'm willing. And I love my in-laws. For some of you, it's a struggle. For some of you, it's hard. I have the greatest in-laws in the world. For some of you, it's difficult. For some of you, those family gatherings and Christmas time a couple weeks ago... You were not looking forward to it. You know how I know? You called me. <laughs> Quite a few of you. You know, we get together. My wife's sister has ten kids. We have five. You take my in-laws, and we get together. It's, you know, you do the math, it's like over 20 people. It's a lot of people. And now... Some of my nieces and nephews are now married. And so there's even more people that get together. It just continues to multiply and expand. And, and here's what happens. I get there and, and I love playing games with them. And I'll be honest. There's times where I'm going, I don't want to go hang out with my family. It's loud and crazy. I even nerd out. I have a decibel meter on my phone that I put on just to see how loud it gets in our living room when we're all together. We have got up to 112 before. That is impressive. Okay? That's impressive. Our worship here, we don't even go above 95, okay? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness. 
And we sit down, and, and, and I, the thing, here's what does it for me, though, is I have this really cute niece right now. I think she's two, and, and her name's Selah. And, and cute little Selah, we're, we're at, you know, Christmas Day, we're over at my in-law's house, and we're, we're celebrating Christmas together. It's just crazy. It's mass chaos everywhere, you know? You, can, you can't even see the floor, and I feel bad for my mother-in-law, because she's freaking out, because she knows she's got to clean up after all of us when we leave. And, and, and I sit down, and, and I sit on this little recliner, and Selah... Um, you know, comes over and she like climbs up me like a mountain and comes and sits on my lap. And my youngest kid, he's right here, he's 10, you know, I don't get that much anymore, you know. And, and little Selah comes up and, and sits on my lap and she's like, you know, playing with my face and, you know, being all weird and, you know, sneezing in my mouth, just weird stuff and, and messing with me and, and all this. And, and I'm loving every, like, I, I didn't care who else is there right there. I'm just like, I'm in my happy place, man. Like, she's sitting on my lap and I'm snuggling with this little girl. And we got, you know, some Christian kids movies on. And we're just, we're just hanging out. And, and, and then the, here's what really hits me, okay? The, that's all great. But then I catch my wife's eyes. And she's got that glow of like, I love that man right now so much. And I'll tell you what, that is worth every second of spending quality time with my extended family because what it does is it builds our relationship all right it increases it and you know what happens after that she'll even let me go to white castle man all right so i'm just saying it says in matthew chapter 19 verse 5 and said for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh okay so this comes out of Genesis. Matthew is quoting Genesis right here. And we've probably heard this scripture. If you've been around church a lot of time, you've heard this scripture before. If not, here's what was happening in Hebrew culture. They were getting married, but in Hebrew culture, and in fact, we're kind of going back to this today in a lot of, a lot of our culture, is they were living, what? Extended families. They were all together. And so when this couple got married, they didn't get to like go move to a new house. They didn't get to, you know, set up a new teepee somewhere. They, they were stuck there with all their extended family. And so it was so important for them to go away, to cleave, and to become one. Because from that moment, the fatherhood, the fathership of the father to that daughter was now completed and fulfilled by the husband. The husband kind of took that role and said, now I am going to take on the role of loving this person. I'm going to take her. She's going to be mine. I've got it. It's going to be good. And so during the Hebrew wedding after that, for a week, they would spend alone. For seven days, they would, it would just be them, and that's when they would consummate the marriage. And they had to prove that they did that, actually, in the Hebrew law. And they would go away, and they would have that time, just the two of them, before they went back in to mass chaos. We still do something like this in our culture today called a what after you get married? You go on a honeymoon. You go and hang out. We went on a cruise. It wasn't even about the cruise for us when we got married. It was about just hanging with each other going, wow, we're like one flesh now. We, we got to get used to this. You know, I, all of a sudden, I don't know about you, but I'm highly independent. And when you get married, what happens to that? Oh, it changes, doesn't it? But it's a blessing. And so having the family support. If, if you're a guy in here, I encourage you, I implore you, hang out with your in-laws. Get to know them. I'm going to give you two more here as Becca comes up. I'm going to give this to you quick. Number eight, ever said number eight. Remain physically healthy. Okay? This is the number eight reason people get divorced is because of their physical health. And there's a reason because of, because, and, and here, let me just share with you, uh, when my wife and I got married, 
Uh, we got pregnant. We had a miscarriage. And then we got pregnant again with my daughter, JC, who will turn 18 here in a few weeks. Ah. And, and we, um, she was very young, about six months old or maybe even younger than that. She's pretty young. And my wife got a staph infection. And we had to go to the hospital. And here's what happened during this time. We had a baby. She had just quit her job as a teacher which, with all these great benefits and, and she had everything going for her um, but wanted to stay home with, with JC, wanted to stay home with our kids. That was our plan. I was a youth pastor at the time. We lived in a, in a trailer in Blaine and I'm going, I don't know how we're going to do this but we're going to figure out a way to make this work. And we prayed and we prayed. She gets the staph infection and all of a sudden the burden on me as, as a father, as a husband became greater. And I realized I got to take care of my wife in this moment. I don't know how on our income we're going to provide for this. I I don't know what's going to happen. And there was other stressors. Heather couldn't nurse JC at that time. So I had to bottle feed JC. And she wouldn't take a bottle for 24 hours. Finally she did. And it was just mass chaos. There was lots of tears. There was lots of crying. I was at a youth camp I had to come back early from. It, It was just this whole mess of stress on a young married couple. Now we had people praying for us. We had people fasting with us. And, and here's what happened. A couple in our church, they came and they wrote us a check for $1,700 to help us with medical expenses. I, I, I couldn't believe it. That alleviated some of it. And then since then, one of the things that my wife has done is she had to go to a new, she got a staph infection from shaving her legs. So she went to a new shaver, a new razor. Um, there's staph on all of us all the time. Some of us are more, more prone to infections. So we had to learn that. For me, it's getting my weight down. I'm at about 250. Most of you knew me. I was at 306. I still got a ways to go. And and it's remaining healthy. Plus, don't you want to look good for your spouse? Come on, right? Don't you? I mean, come on. I mean, there's only so much you can do with some of No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But many times what happens is it's not even about the looks. It's about what? The debt load. Or the other partner has to step up. And it's so difficult. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Why? Because you were bought with a price. Jesus bought you for a price. He put the price, the Father brought you for his son. Say, hey, you're all mine. I want you. Let me give you one more here and we'll close. Number seven. Everybody say seven. Here it is. Don't emotionally abuse. This one's a huge one. It comes in a lot of ways. It can look like manipulation. It can look like humiliation. It can look like name-calling, criticizing. And I say this is, this is good not even for you know, the number seven reason to stay married or number seven way to stay married, But these are great things just in life with other relationships as well. Criticizing. Sarcasm. Well, wait a second. I know a lot of us, and even me from time to time, but sometimes we have to be careful because actually the word sarcasm means tearing apart. So we have to be careful with that. Control. Shame. If you're always shamed, well, it's because you did this, because you did that, or threats. If you keep doing this, I'm leaving you. You keep doing that, I'm not going to be with you anymore. You know why we've lasted 19 and a half years? Not because we get along in everything. No, it's because we haven't given up fighting. Keep fighting. Okay, once the fight stops, then you've got to be concerned. We keep fighting, but we trust each other. We don't make threats like that. 
or monitoring your every whereabouts. If you have a spouse that's doing that, it's because they don't trust you and you're trying to manipulate the situation. You need to stop that because that, then you need, you need marital counseling because you don't trust. You have to have trust. If you're monitoring every single thing, every place they're at, everywhere they're going, or accusing, well, it was you. It was your fault. It's, it's because you. It was because you're like your mom. It's because you grew up in a family like that. It's because you've struggled with depression. It's because you've had this. Those are emotionally abusive tendencies that people can have. Neglect. Well, I'm not going to worry about their needs. You'll have to figure it out yourself. Isolation. And the last one I want to share, and there's, there's hundreds of these. Withholding affection. Let me just say this. And this is, if you are withholding sex from your spouse because of something, that's emotional abuse. Okay, now if it's medical reasons, if it's other reasons, fine, work it out, talk to a doctor, figure that out. But if you're saying, well, it's because I'm this or that, then that's emotional abuse. And there has to be a give and take when it comes to intimacy and affection. Let me give you one more scripture and we'll close. It says this, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, don't get mad at me here, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Women, before you get mad at this verse, let me just talk to you for a moment. Let's look at the context. Let's unpack this just for a moment. What it's talking about is it says, God is calling the man to love you and to take care of you and to be your knight in shining armor. And if he's not, he should be. Okay? It's not saying, oh, you're nothing. You're nothing. No, it's going, hey, let somebody take care of you. Let your husband be the man that he's called to be, that God has given you. Men, you're not called to undermine authority or control or be like, you know, if you use this verse, that's emotional abuse. Well, it says in the Bible, you're to submit to me. Get in the kitchen, woman, and make me a sandwich. Go to the fridge and get me a beer, dear. If you do that, you send your husband to me. We're going to have a little chit-chat. What it means is this. You're called to protect your wife more than anything else. More, more than your children, you're called to protect your wife. You're called to honor your wife. You're called to speak life to her, and you're called to be gracious to her. That is the man that God has intended all of us to be. And the wives, who are just as important, yes, it says weaker partner, because God is calling you to be taken care of. Be okay with that. Don't let culture define it. Let the Bible define it. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for every person in here, Lord. I thank you for the fact that science and the Bible line up. I thank you, God, that you put a price tag on every single one of us in this room, and that was your son, whom you gave freely. You gave, Lord, not out of shame, not out of guilt, but out of love, out of having compassion and wanting a relationship with us. And so I pray for every marriage in this room, whoever's hearing my voice right now, God, that any issues that are there, anything that, that I shared this morning that maybe hit a nerve or touched something, God, I pray that there'd be healing there. I pray that there'd be restoration there. I pray that there'd be wholeness, God. I pray that you would take it and make it what you want it to be, Lord Jesus. God, if there's anyone here, Lord, that they're not living yet in a married state, they're, they're either dating or, or, or they've been together for a long time, Lord, whoever, whoever that might be, God, I just pray that you'd speak to them. 
Lord, you'd allow them to know that you love them. You're not here to convict, but you're here, or not here to condemn, you're here to convict and say, Jesus loves you and wants the best for you. And so allow him into those areas of your heart that are so hard. God, we open our hearts to you today. We open you into our relationships, Lord. We open you to take a look at us and say, God, what is it that needs to be put into place? God, I thank you that the only way that we receive eternal life is through your son, Jesus, who came and died on that cross. And that's why we get these great biblical principles from the relationship that you have shown us. Be with us today, we pray. Amen. Let me say one last thing before you go. We'll finish the marriage talk next week. I hope... Has this been good? Has this been all right? Is this good? Okay. A little more teaching than preaching here. Um, you know, I, I just want to share this last thing. I know we're a minute here, two over. Um, I know of two couples, at least within our church, that uh, have done this for a long time together. And they've stayed married and they're committed. And I know that the husband votes one way and the wife votes another and let me just say this to you. If they can make marriage work, anybody can. Okay? Amen? Amen? I'm serious. You're married to a Packers fan and you're a Vikings fan? Anybody can make it work. All right? Have a fantastic Sunday. Come on, let's give God some praise before we go out of here. Come on. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.